It's time for another hour of community-based programming. You're listening to 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cup for Friday, December 3rd. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Lake area residents will now have fewer options for health care as it's been confirmed that the SSM Health Medical Group Family Medicine and Walk-In Clinic in Lake Ozark will be closing. The clinic is closing December 31st. Patients with the clinic received a letter dated on November 19th telling them the clinic would be closing down. Some locals are already up in arms about the closure with a protest outside of the clinic planned for Saturday, December 4th. Two Max Creek residents were injured Wednesday in a crash on Highway 54. A 16-year-old female driver was making a right turn when the vehicle was struck in the rear by a second car driven by 20-year-old Alexia Mayer. The Mustang traveled off the road and hit a road sign. Two occupants in the first vehicle, 39-year-old Michelle Donathan and 44-year-old Russell Swenson, both sustained moderate injuries. Donathan and Swenson were both taken to... Lake Regional Hospital by Mercy EMS. Matt Mawson of Polylift Boatlifts was awarded the National Young Leader Award this week at the Docs Expo in Nashville. The Young Leader Award recognizes young professionals under 40 who have made significant contributions to the marina and boatyard industry and collectively promise to play a big role in shaping its future. Matt is a young man that actually understands that hard work gets you places and nobody is going to hand it to you, said Mark Mawson, vice president of Polylift. Congrats, Matt, for getting this prestigious award. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. What a great weekend of football we've got in the college ranks. Wow, we've got the conference championship games, and it will decide the four teams going to the national championship semifinals. So here is the conference championship lineup. In the SEC, number one Georgia against number three Alabama. If Georgia beats Bama, then the tide are out. If Georgia loses to Alabama, there's a good chance both those teams will get into the final four. In the Big Ten, it's number two Michigan against 13 Iowa. In the Big 12, number five Oklahoma State taking on number nine Baylor. Oklahoma State looking to move up into the top four if Alabama loses or if somebody else gets knocked off. And the ACC championship, number four Cincinnati hanging on. Cincinnati will take on number 21 Houston again. That's the ACC championship game. 
high school football state championship games this weekend. In Class 5, it's Webb City against Holt. Class 4, Hannibal against Smithville. Class 3, St. Mary's against St. Pius, Kansas City. Class 2, it's Lutheran St. Charles against Lamar. Last weekend, they played the Class 6 championship game. Christian Brothers beating Liberty North 48-21. Sunday night, the Chiefs take their four-game win streak up against the Broncos. Chiefs were off last weekend. They're 10-point favorites to beat Denver. The Patriots, the hottest team in the NFL right now with six straight wins. And the Chiefs lead the division by just one game over the Chargers, the Raiders, and Denver. College basketball last night, Mizzou came up short to Liberty. The Tigers falling to 4-4 four and four on the season. MSU Bears will be at home to 18th-ranked BYU tomorrow night. The high school basketball season off and running. Osage Versailles and Eldon all playing in the Tri-County Tournament. Camdenton playing in the Willard Tournament this weekend. Lake TV's first live local high school game this year, Friday, December 10th. That is Tipton at Versailles. Lake TV will bring you a whole lot of high school action this season. Of course, you can watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90. You can also watch absolutely free on Roku and Fire Stick. Just do a search for Lake TV. You can also watch Lake TV on the Facebook page and at MyLakeTV.com. The Blues come up short, losing to the Lightning last night on the road. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We offer a large selection of home accessories and gifts in several different styles, several different themes from nautical to contemporary to traditional. Our goal is to bring well-priced products into the Lake of the Ozarks that serve your home accessories and gift-giving needs. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to Government, history, religion, entertainment, and much more on 89.3 The Key. And a uh, hi-ho silver. Good morning. 8.08 is our time. You are listening to The Daily Show. 53 degrees now in beautiful downtown Camdenton. And uh, Bill and I just got kind of got on this kick about gas prices here this morning. We saw, saw I wonder why. 
you're on, but okay. you're you're having issues with your microphone again. So why don't you unplug your microphone and do all that good stuff, and I'll uh, chit-chat about the weather while Bill fixes his microphone. Let's take care of uh, a little weather business here. Another beautiful day at the lake. I will tell you this much, folks. It is uh, certainly an opportunity for you to get out and enjoy what's happening at the Lake of the Ozarks. 74 degrees and a sunny day. Just beautiful. A nice follow-up from yesterday's high of about uh, 73, 74 degrees. 41, the overnight low. We will see a few clouds tonight, but uh, we're not anticipating any precipitation whatsoever. Then we'll uh, take a bit of a dive, but recover nicely uh, by Sunday. 57, the high tomorrow in a partly cloudy sky. 46, the overnight low. 67, and uh, a few clouds on Sunday morning. Then uh, the sunshine peeking uh, out from behind those clouds. A low, a high of 67, a low of 31. Monday's high of 42, 42 on Tuesday, 47 Wednesday. They did take the snow showers out of the forecast. Uh, 56, the expected high on Thursday. Looks like 60, the high on Friday. And then uh, maybe uh, a few showers on Saturday, 47 degrees. The annual uh, Lake Ozark Christmas Parade. It's like the 34th, 35th, 36th annual parade. Uh, I'll be out there with uh, William Holtz from Lake TV, just uh, kind of, uh, you know, greeting the folks and doing whatever we need to do and making sure that uh, everybody's having a good time. And I promise, I promise you kids, I will not sit on Santa's lap because I don't want to hurt the poor man and then he has to, he has to go and get surgery or something and can't deliver presents. I'd feel horrible if I injured Santa just prior to Christmas. 810 is our time again, 53 degrees, a mostly clear sky. It's a beautiful day to be alive and live at the Lake of the Ozarks. It certainly is. Bill Bundhausen, uh, it was nice to see you and your lovely bride last night uh, came over and got to uh, meet Jacob and Carly Lamb with the serving table. Nope. I think it's a bad chord, that's what I think, because it just seems like... uh, you work on your cord, or let's see if we can't switch you over. We've got, uh, you know what, Mike, you're on there? You're on that one right there. Let's see if it's just maybe the outlet. I'm going to put you over here. We'll do that. Try it now. That didn't sound very good. There you go. So we might have a, might just have a bad slot there. I think you're fine now. You're, I can hear you playing this day, so we'll worry about the repairs later. We've got you back on. That's what's important. Okay, yes, I can hear myself now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you would think being close, this close to myself, I could hear myself better without that, but anyway. Yes, I hear us through the headphones now. We were talking about gas prices. Gas prices? Well, we were talking about the serving table, well, too. We, we came out last night and did a yeah. feature for Lake TV, and I will tell you, they are two of the nicest people. Yes. A, 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 a wonderful young couple with a great attitude. Mm-hmm. and uh, a great outlook on life, and their goal is to help people no matter what it is. They, uh, I guess they started out in Rolla, and uh, then they moved to the Lake of the Ozarks area and uh, continued uh, doing what they like to do, and that's making sure people have uh, a hot meal. Yep. Yep, Carly is a health care worker, and uh, Jacob works over at, uh, at Walmart. I mm-hmm. guess that's okay to say. So they both have full-time jobs, but in the evening they, they still have time to do the serving table and help people out. They're doing it a couple of nights a week. They like to do it at least five nights a week, uh, Monday through Friday. And you can help them out. They do have a, uh, I believe they've got a Facebook page. And if you'd like to make a donation to the cause, or just come out and support what they do here at the Key Gathering Place on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and uh, grab a free meal. But uh, what's really nice is if you grab a free meal, 
maybe throw a little something their way. You know, if you can uh, afford to do so, you would like to uh, maybe get the opportunity to, uh, you know, give back to some folks that uh, basically uh, do do all of this uh, out of their own pockets. So we would, uh, yeah, we'd love to have them, have them, you know. Yeah, and in addition to the charity, it's it's really just a good time for people to get together. Yeah, you know, if you if you get off work and you don't feel like going home to make dinner, stop in and get something from Jacob's Kitchen. That's absolutely true, and they had some good uh, turkey soup last night. And uh, then look for them to be on with us on Lake TV coming up uh, next Thursday. We'll have a uh, a new edition of the show, and we will hopefully have. Uh, all of it taken care of. Uh, a couple of my guests had to uh, kind of cancel out at the last minute, so we're going to find a couple of replacement guests. But uh, certainly a lot to uh, think about, a lot to keep in mind, and uh, definitely uh, a lot to do to uh, help these folks out. And, 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 and again, you know, they're doing this out of the kindness out of their hearts and their generosity, and they just like helping people. That's what's really cool about it. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and one way you could help, uh, other than uh, just coming by, is we need uh, teams of volunteers for Monday, Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday mostly, mm-hmm. because uh, they can't. If they have one little child and maybe another <laughs> on the way. <laughs> you met the little child. <laughs> he's uh, he's not so little. Yeah, he's yeah. a big old boy. Uh-huh. He's a healthy looking young man. Yep, a handsome little devil. And I'll tell you what, he is. Uh, he's just full of life and. It was uh, fun watching him kind of do his thing last night. You know, whatever he was interested in, he was all about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he was letting everybody know as well. <laughs> and he just uh, just a joy to have little guys like that around. You know, I like little kids, love little kids, always have. I kind of consider myself a little kid sometimes. So it's uh, easy to kind of get into what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, he's a great little guy. And, you know, I hope uh, we get to see him some more. Oh, yeah. He's going to grow. I, t- I told uh, told his mom. I said he's going to grow this way. He's going to grow out first, and then uh, by the time he hits uh, maybe seven, eight, nine, he's going to have a growth spurt. And she said that uh, her mom was pretty tall, uh-huh. and that uh, Jacob's uh, mom or dad was pretty tall as well. And okay. so uh, maybe that's uh, got all those possibilities. Yeah. Then I didn't. I wouldn't have thought. Well, he looked like he was about two or three years old. He's about a year and a half. He's uh-huh. a, he's a big boy. He's yeah. wearing clothes uh, a little bit. Uh, a little bit larger than expected <laughs> at this point in his life. Yeah. yeah. So 8.15 is our time. We, yes, we were talking about gas prices, but I will tell you Bob Lynch is going to join us here shortly from MoDOT at about 8.40. He will be in to uh, talk about what's going on with roads and bridges and infrastructure here at the Lake of the Ozarks. Our good buddy Dave Moppin will join us as well. He'll be in to uh, discuss his most recent editions of Among the Dogwoods, and I'm Kind of guessing we might talk a little bit about the preliminary budget right. that mm-hmm. uh, has been put out as far as Camden County is concerned. They did that earlier in the week on Tuesday, I believe, November the 30th. So that's out there for folks to check out, and uh, you might want to uh, get a copy of it or uh, you know, find out where you can go to check it out online. I'm sure Dave can probably tell us when he gets in here. But gas prices, boy, everybody loves to talk about gas prices. I find that uh, is one thing that uh, is is on the minds of everyone. Now, gas prices overall aren't too terribly bad in the Lake area. I guess it, it, it's all in how you view it. I mean, we were paying about uh, 320 321 uh, about a week or so ago, 
and gas prices in the lake area overall anywhere from $2.82 at the Conoco and Osage Beach off the parkway. I think that's the one in front of Walmart there. Mm. All the way uh, up to about uh, two eighty-seven, which uh, a lot of us are paying here in, uh, in Camdenton. Um, I'm looking to see. Uh, yeah, it's, it's only it's only comparatively that we're grateful for 280 something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it used to be a lot less. Sure, it sure did, and and it needs to it needs to head back in that general direction. You know, I I I, I, I just I don't know if Joe Biden's aware of what he talks about sometimes because you know he 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 wants. I I don't know what he wants. I I don't know what the Biden administration wants. Oh, and by the way, did you know he uh, he said that Fauci's really the president? Where did he say that? He uh, he was out speaking yesterday and uh, jokingly said that he uh, abdicated his power to Fauci. Oh, and Fauci okay. is really president of the United States. I guess there's a lot of truth in, in humor, I guess. Well, uh, you know, you've got a guy who's not even an elected official, uh-huh. and you've, you've just jokingly made him president of the United States. Yeah, yep. But well, I think, well, there's I, a lot of that going on. I, I see there's an article here about the uh, Missouri health director. You know, recently the courts ruled that the, um, that the uh, health departments don't have the authority to declare to mandate certain things like like vaccines or right. masks or anything, right. and he wanted uh, the state attorney general to appeal that, and of course the attorney general well, wanted no part of that. No, <laughs> but it just shows you we, uh, we've let health departments and healthcare work um, professionals, I guess you can call them, dictate a lot of things. Uh, the alphabet soup like uh, the NIH and the CDC which have no real authority at all for yeah. any reason. They're private corporations yeah. profiting from a lot of this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we're just, as a culture, we've become so conditioned to respecting authority and thinking the people who are smarter than us should be able to make these well, decisions. And, 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 and we've got no part of that. Here's <laughs> the thing. you know, It's like when the president picks his cabinet. Does he pick the best and brightest, or does he pick people that, you know, are near and dear to him. So, uh, and, and or people who used to be uh, opponents of his, for that matter. Yeah. I mean, look at his vice president. Look at uh, oh, who's the other guy who is in the Department of whatever it is. Uh, the I'm trying to think of his name. He ran for president also, and he he was rewarded with a cabinet position. Oh, that uh, was that. Uh, hold on. Buttigieg. Buttigieg, yes. Bu- yes, Pete. Is it Buttigieg Pete. or how it's, do you say it's, it? It's Pete. Buttigieg. Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete became the head of DHS or something? Department of Health Service? No, he's not in the health services. He's more in transportation yes. or something. Yes. Yeah. So he went from being mayor of a, of a town to well, yeah. being in charge of a Kamala mayor. Harris, who just cut Joe Biden off at the knees during the debates. Yeah. Now she's the vice president. I, I guess And she's about as useful as a well I yeah, we won't talk about that too yeah. much. <laughs> but yeah, it's maybe he wants to just keep his enemies close. Well, maybe that's true. Maybe there's something to be said about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's the case. I I just think that, you know, when when you well, you know, Anthony Fauci is the uh is the president of the United States. He's yeah. really the president yeah. of the United States. And when he makes jokes like that that are so stupid, and then he can't understand the backlash that he gets from people when he when he says things like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't really understand how uh, Anthony Fauci stays in place. 
because he has so many ties to the <coughs> to the Wuhan lab where likely all of this started. Yep. And those ties are becoming so obvious. I'm going to reach. I'm, I'm going to. Uh, now, now you're now you're making me do it. Now I have to do uh -oh, it. Now I have uh -oh. to get a hold of Carla Dean Graves, who worked with Fauci, and can tell you all kinds of stories about this guy and and and, and the money that pads his pocket. And and quite frankly, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Uh huh. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me one wouldn't bit. So, yeah, he's probably going to win some kind of a Nobel Prize or something too. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, you know, because he, he's he's just like Biden. They're both. Maybe that's why they get along so well, because every uh, you know few months they flip the script. Mm -hmm. They change things up. You know, first let's wear a mask. No, let's not. We don't have to worry about wearing a mask. Uh, and, and, and the constant change in direction that they're taking the country, and as you said, people just follow them. People just, well, you know, these people know, uh, we, when we do things in life, for example, uh, you know, uh, when, uh, let's say, the county bids out for a job, do they take the best bid as far as price and, and how somebody wants to do something? No, they take the lowest bid, and I wonder if sometimes that doesn't mean if somebody really wants the job that they have to cut a few corners. Yeah, because honestly, uh, the, and no politician can know all the details of construction, for example. Well, so but so I, they look at a bunch of construction <laughs> bids and they say, well, gee, how do I evaluate this? Well, I guess I'll go with the lowest one because they're promising a but quality I, I, job. I, I'm saying that's what we, that's what we as a society do. We look for the lowest price, but are we... Because I know there's people out there that say, I don't care what I have to pay as long as the jo job is done properly, you know? Uh -huh, sure. There's people like that, and then there's other people that are always looking for the lowest price. But it's like you said, you know, I think people just kind of follow the bouncing ball and don't really stop anywhere along the way to question what they're being told yeah, or question what they're being, you know, Anything. It's, it's kind of like a lot of people will get real happy about the idea that we should buy American, but they still go to Walmart and buy the thing made in China because the price is so disparate, so incredibly cheaper if you just buy the cheap thing. Yeah. And it seems like the same stuff. Of course, my, I don't know about, uh, well, never, I won't even say that. Don't get into that. <laughs> I won't get into that. No. I, I was looking at a piece of equipment. Never mind, Bill. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. But Stop. I think that's American-made. <laughs> yeah, you, you hope it is. I think so. Uh, 8.22 is our time. But, yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, people just, we, we don't question things anymore. We just kind of follow along. And uh, I think, and when you do stop, when, when somebody does stop to question what is going on or what, you know, what someone's talking about, they say, really? You must be some sort of a conspiracy theorist. You must have something wrong with you. Uh, let's check this person's background. Let's, let's take this person and, and hang them out to dry. Let's, let's not let them get in with uh, anybody, any, you know, get in with anybody that uh, might be able to help back up what they're saying. Let's just take this person and expose them for the kook that they are. Mm -hmm. Well, let's get back to something kind of concrete. We have this article about Missouri gas prices are the fourth lowest in the nation. Right. And we read, th read this whole article, and it never explains why. It actually goes off into a discourse about the Omicron vir uh, virus and all the variant and all right. of that. It never says why we have low gas prices, because if somebody knew why we had low gas prices, other states might try to have low gas prices. 
you know, is it something we're doing right or is it an accident or it's, is it because we have a lot of low-income people and we have to keep the price low? I, don't I know. think that it's not necessarily along those lines. I think some of the states that have the higher gas prices, it's because they have all these various taxes and they have, uh, uh, you know, you pay for the emissions and, oh, and all yeah. these, uh, you know. I mean, for sure, we know yeah. it's hard, harder to get gas to Hawaii, so their prices are probably high. And California is crazy, so their prices are probably high because they're putting all kinds of taxes on it. Exactly. New York's the same way. But it doesn't explain why, let's say, Kansas should be higher than here. You know. Well, it's, how, it's whatever they decide, <laughs> however they decide to put the taxes on the gas. Uh, yeah, I guess. Is it all tax that makes the difference, maybe? That would be an interesting thing to know. Well, you can uh, talk to Bob Lynch. He'll be here shortly. Maybe know. he can tell you about it. He's with MoDOT, Missouri Department of Transportation. Yeah, but he wouldn't know the taxation in other states, maybe. Maybe he does. He could know a lot of stuff. Bill. <laughs> he could know a lot of stuff. <laughs> You're saying you don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If we don't know, who could know? Uh, how many cups of coffee have you had this morning? <laughs> <laughs> well, you fixed my mic. Now I want to say something. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Open mic. Watch out. He's okay. crazy, folks. Um, yeah, I, I guess a lot of it, gas prices are adjusted. You know, there's a, there's the sales tax, you know, what we're going to be paying here for uh, uh, what, the, uh, what the folks in Jeff City did. And, and maybe they felt like they had to step in because the cost of everything is, is going up. So in order to have quality roads and make sure nobody falls through any of the bridges, they uh, they thought well you know let's uh, let's go ahead and go around the voters because uh, again like you had said they're smarter than everybody else they know what's best and, and that you know that that worries me well you know it, it is the uh, I, I I kind of flip flop a little bit on that because we are a a um, representative form of government we're not a democracy right. And so we do elect people to go to uh, Jeff City to represent us, and they are supposed to work more or less full-time to understand all of the issues and ramifications of things, so they should know better in that case. And they were looking at road problems, and they were saying, well, how do we fix this? And they figured, and in, instead of just taking the case to the voters uh -huh. and explaining it to people, and making a real case for a tax increase, they did a workaround. And I think that's going to come back and bite them in the butt because the voters didn't appreciate it. Well, there's a lot of things that the voters don't appreciate. Yeah, there are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we could, we could stop at the state, but why stop there? Let's go to the federal government. Well, th there's a lot, more, a lot more to not appreciate at the federal government. A absolutely, sir. Yeah. I do not disagree with you one, one bit. Yeah. I think uh, uh, raids on unsuspecting retailers would be one of them. Uh, uh -huh. Mandates on all kinds of businesses to fire their people unless they do something. All those kind of things. It's like uh, things are just a little out of whack, a little out of control. Yeah, I remember when OSHA first started, uh, and I was working in uh, business out in California at the time, and some of the OSHA requirements were absolutely crazy. I mean, they made no sense. I, I know OSHA is supposed to um, ha help with worker safety, but honestly, as a business, even the corporation I worked for, we wanted our workers to be safe because we couldn't afford to have them not come to work. Right. 
So we were all wa- already well on the way to making things safe, and then the government came along and gave us stupid stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what would you stupid consider stupid? Stu- stupid stuff. Um, an automated sink in every in our factories, where if somebody got something in their eye, they could rush over to the automated sink and have it squirt water in their face. Right. Because they didn't know how to just go to the restroom and squirt water on their face. Apparently, I mean, it, it, both things were right next to each other. But Bill, you're missing the point here. We're I doing know. this under the guise of safety. Yes, and it was a government mandate, and somebody made a lot of money making that automated thing that squirted water in your face. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. They got a heck of a deal. Yep. And everybody's got to have one. Every Every shop's got to have one. Everybody's got to have one, just like everybody has to have the signs on the the floor now telling you to stay six feet apart, you know? Who who made all the money on those plexiglass shields and tables and everything? Maybe maybe people just have a, 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 a poor sense of distance, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know exactly how far apart we are, but I would imagine we are far enough apart to social distance. And we don't need a sign on the table. No, I, I, and I don't see a sign. At no time when when we decided to jump into this venture uh-huh. did we have to meet any requirements for signage. Don't tell anybody this. They might come down on us. We need signs on the table. Uh, your, your table does not have a sign that uh-huh. says stay six feet apart. Right. And there's no plexiglass screen between us. Maybe that's why we, yeah, okay, you know, maybe we need that. Knock yourself out. We got to keep <laughs> ourselves safe because we can't both be out at the same time, you know. We could. I mean, uh-huh. you know, things happen. But you're right. Yeah, but anyhow, it, there's all those government intrusions, and they started 40 years ago when I started working. Well, and and really, when you think about it, does a piece of it it, it it's it's just so stupid when you really look at it. Right. Are these people really being protected? Because okay. As far as going into a convenience store, <laughs> they've got the piece of plexiglass, uh-huh. all right? Yeah. But you have to hand them money, money and they or hand you change. your items underneath. Yes. And sometimes we, we really feel uncomfortable looking through the screen, so we kind of poke our head around to talk to the person. And they do the same thing. Yeah. Because it's in the way. Well, and if you go into certain places where they require you to wear a mask at work, Walmart, mm-hmm. um, the employees don't necessarily uh, abide by that policy. Some no, of them, you know, yeah. their, their nose is hanging out. That's right. Or uh, they don't have... I saw a guy the other day, he had it where it was covering his mouth, but he didn't have the, the bottom straps. He had the two, like he had one strap that went around his head, uh-huh. and the mask was just kind of flopping, flopping back and forth. And then, of course, when I talk to you you say well i can't understand what you're saying so i have to pull the mask down uh-huh. in order to say yes or no or aisle three or yeah. you know wherever try not to use a p when you're talking because that because that poof that, that you know <laughs> <laughs> it's 8 31 let's move ahead with local news stacy johnson here from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source chris schneider with lake tv He's got a check of sports for us this morning. Bob Lynch is on his way in. We'll talk with Bob at about 8.40. Your phone calls welcome at any point this morning, 573-633-5395. I, I put a post on Facebook yesterday, Bill. I said, the show of hands, who does not know 
uh, about Key Radio. I saw that. That and was interesting. It was interesting, and, and I got a lot of really good responses, so I know there's a lot of cool folks out there listening to us, and we appreciate and each and every one of you. And they're out of state. They're far away. Yes, some in Tennessee. Uh-huh. Yeah. They don't complain about the reception. <laughs> Because they listen to KeyRadio.Live, or, of course, you can listen to 89.3. But thanks to everyone for listening. We sure appreciate it. It is 8.32. Let's uh, get into our uh, little news break for you here, and then we'll talk to Bob Lynch from MoDOT. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cup for Friday, December 3rd. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Lake area residents will now have fewer options for health care as it's been confirmed that the SSM Health Medical Group Family Medicine and Walk-In Clinic in Lake Ozark will be closing. The clinic is closing December 31st. Patients with the clinic received a letter dated on November 19th telling them the clinic would be closing down. Some locals are already up in arms about the closure with a protest outside of the clinic planned for Saturday, December 4th. Two Max Creek residents were injured Wednesday in a crash on Highway 54. A 16-year-old female driver was making a right turn when the vehicle was struck in the rear by a second car driven by 20-year-old Alexia Mayer. The Mustang traveled off the road and hit a road sign. Two occupants in the first vehicle, 39-year-old Michelle Donathan and 44-year-old Russell Swenson, both sustained moderate injuries. Donathan and Swenson were both taken to... Lake Regional Hospital by Mercy EMS. Matt Mawson of Polylift Boatlifts was awarded the National Young Leader Award this week at the Docs Expo in Nashville. The Young Leader Award recognizes young professionals under 40 who have made significant contributions to the marina and boatyard industry and collectively promise to play a big role in shaping its future. Matt is a young man that actually understands that hard work gets you places and nobody is going to hand it to you, said Mark Mawson, vice president of Polylip. Congrats, Matt, for getting this prestigious award. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. What a great weekend of football we've got in the college ranks. Wow, we've got the conference championship games, and it will decide the four teams going to the national championship semifinals. So here is the conference championship lineup. In the SEC, number one, Georgia against number three, Alabama. If Georgia beats Bama, then the Tide are out. 
votes. If Georgia loses to Alabama, there's a good chance both those teams will get into the Final Four. In the Big Ten, it's number two Michigan against 13 Iowa. In the Big 12, number five Oklahoma State taking on number nine Baylor. Oklahoma State looking to move up into the top four if Alabama loses or if somebody else gets knocked off. And the ACC Championship, number four Cincinnati hanging on. Cincinnati will take on number 21, Houston. Again, that's the ACC championship game. High school football state championship games this weekend. In Class 5, it's Webb City against Holt. Class 4, Hannibal against Smithville. Class 3, St. Mary's against St. Pius, Kansas City. Class 2, it's Lutheran St. Charles against Lamar. Last weekend, they played the Class 6 championship game. Christian Brothers beating Liberty North 48-21. Sunday night, the Chiefs take their four-game win streak up against the Broncos. Chiefs were off last weekend. They're 10-point favorites to beat Denver. The Patriots, the hottest team in the NFL right now with six straight wins. And the Chiefs lead the division by just one game over the Chargers, the Raiders, and Denver. College basketball last night, Mizzou came up short to Liberty. The Tigers falling to 4-4 four and four on the season. MSU Bears will be at home to 18th-ranked BYU tomorrow night. The high school basketball season off and running. Osage Versailles and Eldon all playing in the Tri-County Tournament. Camdenton playing in the Willard Tournament this weekend. Lake TV's first live local high school game this year, Friday, December 10th. That is Tipton at Versailles. Lake TV will bring you a whole lot of high school action this season. Of course, you can watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90. You can also watch absolutely free on Roku and Fire Stick. Just do a search for Lake TV. You can also watch Lake TV on the Facebook page and at MyLakeTV.com. The Blues come up short, losing to the Lightning last night on the road. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. Saturday, December 4th, from 10.30 to 1, it's the annual Christmas on the Square event. It's free and sponsored by the Camdenton Area Chamber of Commerce. Help crush hunger for the 120-plus families that receive assistance from the Lamb House with the Can-Do Challenge. Collect and bring your non-perishable food items to the collection tent, and for every 10 items you donate, you'll be entered into a drawing for a prize. Contact Rhonda at 573-286-7945 with any questions. 286-7945. Thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, The Key. 
We welcome you back to The Daily Show. It is 839, 55 degrees on our way to a high today. Oh, my goodness, 74 for the third day of December, and we're loving this, and then all of a sudden the bottom's going to drop out. We'll have snow. We'll have ice. <laughs> we'll be told, uh, don't leave the house if you don't have to. And then we'll all be saying, gosh, I can't wait till summer gets here. I can't wait for that summer weather, that warmer weather, because we're here at the Lake of the Ozarks, right? So we all uh, we all do uh, wonderful things out on the water, and you can't do it when it's like 40 or 50 degrees. Well, I guess you can because there are actually people out there that go fishing in all kinds of weather here at the Lake of the Ozarks. 55 for uh, where we are right now. Sunshine, 55 degrees and 74 for the expected high. We'll take a bit of a dive down there tonight and uh, hopefully bounce back. Looking for a low of 41. 57 the high tomorrow with a low 46. 67 on Sunday with a low of 31. And then we'll get into uh, bouncing around a little bit. 42 on Monday, 42 on Tuesday, 47 the expected high on Wednesday. Thursday's high of 56. We'll top out around 60 degrees for Friday, December the 10th. And then for uh, Saturday, the 11th, the day for the Lakos, our Christmas parade, 47 degrees, maybe a a chance of a little rain in there as well. So just dress accordingly. It's going to be a fun time. It always is. And we'll be down there uh, with our friends from Lake TV on uh, Saturday, the 11th, to uh, have some fun with the folks and enjoy the uh, Christmas festivities. Speaking of which, don't forget the Christmas tree lighting ceremony tonight on the square in Camdenton. That will take place uh, about 6 o'clock. I think the event gets underway 5, 5.30, and then remains in effect until about uh, 7 o'clock. And yesterday, Mindy Sales was telling us that the uh, shops right around the square there are going to be staying open a little bit later. Tomorrow, also Christmas for Kids, as you heard uh, the ad. Thank you, uh, Rhonda Wilkinson, for, uh, uh, for sending us that information so that we could uh, put that out there. It's Wilkening, by the way, not Wilkinson. But Rhonda, thank you for thinking of us. And anybody out there that's got an event going on, by all means, get it to us. And we'll put together a public service announcement and put it in place right here on Key Radio. Bob Lynch joining us from the Missouri Department of Transportation. Good morning, Bob. How in the world are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good morning, KB and Bill. And good morning. Uh, right out of the box, we've got an email. It says, uh, when Bob comes in today, it's almost like we have the crossroads of the U.S. east, west, and north and south. I wonder how much fuel taxes, non-residents, and businesses contribute to the state receipts. I would think it's uh, a large amount. And I, I don't know that we really have any way of tracking that, but maybe we do. Uh, as far as maybe when the uh, credit cards are swiped or stuck in the uh, machines to pay for gas, uh, they record all that information. Do we get a huge chunk of uh, out-of-state business when it comes to our our uh, fuel taxes? Well, it's it's a good question. I do get that quite a bit. Uh, uh, MoDOT does not track that specifically. You know, we just track the the total revenue that comes in. Uh, when they were when the legislators were talking about the uh, fuel tax increase for the state, uh, there were reports that it was thirty to forty percent was out-of-state. Uh, revenue that would be collected so uh you know is that accurate i don't know but that's that's the numbers that w- that was used in some of the media announcements uh, you know from the legislators and that's quite possible you know uh you have uh commercial traffic that tri- drives through the state and 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 so revenue is collected you know on the diesel side of things with the fuel tax there and and also out-of-state travelers come through every day as we well know so uh, you know that's that's the numbers that we've kind of heard but we don't verify that 
And we have low fuel prices, so maybe truckers coming through the area would prefer to buy fuel in Missouri. Yes, uh, you you would think that, but there is there is an agreement across the states to where um, it kind of evens itself out. So you know, we may get money from the uh, the states on the outside, you know, because of our the way things are set up, and then we give it to the other states because they're the those truckers based on where they're. Their home is at, and there's a whole lot of different things that go into the equation. Wow. But uh, you know, it, it it's uh, it's all tracked, and and in general, 25% uh, something that we do know, 25% of our revenue is from diesel fuel sales. Okay. And uh, you know, they're always there, there's discussion. You know, the the big trucks aren't paying their fair share along the highways and the damage that they do, and and we hear those things. But you know, they they don't. They don't travel. They don't have the 25% of mileage on the state, but yet they collect, you know, 25, 25% of the revenue. Well, they've got those those way stations that the truckers are supposed to stop at, but I noticed that a lot of trucks kind of go around them. You know what I mean? Well, and that's all because of uh, wireless technology that allows uh, the truck to be registered, and, and they don't have to stop and weigh, and, and that's just makes things more efficient. Right. So, in, in reference to the damage that they do to the highways that you mentioned. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. I mean, we design our highways based on the type of loads that are uh, in Missouri, and, you know, we have all that set up. Uh, and then there's fees associated with if they're overweight, over oversized dimensions. And mm -hmm. so it's all figured out, and, uh, you, know, we, you know, we design for that. So now you've got a representative that wants to uh, repeal the gas tax. Sarah Walsh, I believe is her name. We talked about uh, this yesterday, as a matter of fact. Think she's going to have any success in doing that? or uh, Bill and I kind of seem to think that she's kind of grandstanding a little bit, and it's not necessarily going to happen. She's trying to position herself because she's up for re-election. But uh, ha has there been any, uh, any other inklings uh, that maybe you've heard about or MoDOT's heard about from any of the other... Uh, legislators in, in in Jeff City trying to do something like this? Well, obviously, we don't comment on those type of things. You know, the legislators decide what they want to pursue from a legislative standpoint. One thing that we educate uh, the citizens on is that, um, you know, in order to receive federal money, Missouri has to be able to match that, that dollar amount in order to get it. And so uh, the new infrastructure bill that was passed uh, provides additional funding to the state of Missouri. That's federal money. And in order to receive that, you have to have state money to match it. And so, uh, and, and what happens, uh, the way things work out is that when the contractor, let's say they, they build a mile of roadway for us, um, and then they give us an uh, invoice to pay for that mile. Right. We have to pay for that first using state money. And then we send that invoice to the feds, and then they send us back 80%, you know, to back. Right. And so... Um, 80%? Why not the whole deal? Well, it's an 80-20 match. Okay. And so, um, so initially, Missouri has to have the money up front to be able to pay the contractors. And so that cycle continues, and, you know, we, we get the money back, and then we put it back out to, you know, pay for more work and so forth and so on. So, um, you know, if, if that increase in fuel tax is taken away, the state increase, then that limits us on how much of that federal uh, money that would be coming to the state of Missouri would, would be allowed to come here. So uh, we've been in a position over the years where we bring more than one, you know, what we send to Washington, D.C. With, with the federal fuel tax. 
we usually get more money back, you know, and that's because we have projects that are ready to go. We have uh, state funding that's available to do that, mm -hmm. and some states aren't in that position. You know, they they can't, uh, they don't have the dollars to utilize all the federal dollars that are available to them, so uh, we're in a position to utilize that money uh, if it's available. I, uh, I can tell this guy's done radio before. <laughs> he knows what to say and what not to say. I, again, though, I, I think the, the biggest problem with, obviously, what happened with the fuel tax is the legislators gave it the uh, thumbs up, and the voters didn't really care for the, the way they did things. And so do you feel that that maybe makes MoDOT's uh, job a little tougher in the future if, uh, if there's ever a need to, uh, to go out and put another ballot issue? I, it, because he, here's the thing. It seemed to me, anyway, like things were kind of settling down, that the dust was starting to settle, and that, that maybe more people realize and understand the need for, you know, bridges that are safe and, uh, and, and roads that don't have big potholes in them. And, uh, of course, as we want to expand, as we get more people coming into the state, maybe we, uh, we grow the, uh, the road system a little bit, and, and MoDOT would obviously be a part of that. But do you feel like the way this was handled, and, and I don't know, maybe you can't comment on this again because, uh, uh, but, but I'm just kind of curious if that doesn't, you know, kind of, they're taking the two by four and smacking the hornet's nest again. Well, what we hear from the citizens of Missouri is that there's additional needs for transportation work throughout Missouri. Right. And, it, and it's a billion dollars a year that people want us to do things with. And it, you know, it obviously it takes money to do that. And so we educate what current revenue we receive, what we can do with that money, and the first priority that the citizens have told us is take care of what we have. And that's what we've been doing. Right. And then whatever's left over, you can start looking at, uh, you know, economic uh, projects that, you know, provide economic activity for, for an area. And so that's been very limited. And even some parts of our state uh, do not have the ability to take care of what they have. So, you know, we don't get in the middle of... Uh, the politics of it, the legislation that may occur. We just mentioned that this is what the citizens would like for us to do. Here's the money that we have available. Um, we'll be waiting for a solution, whatever that may be. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll find out in the future then, won't we? Th that'll be something that uh, people, you know, there's certain things that people just kind of let go, and then there's other things that people uh, hold on to for dear life. Yeah, well, the one thing I do want to mention with the, the fuel tax increase, that, right. uh, there is an opportunity to get your, that increase back each year after you, after you, when you do your taxes. So that was part of the legislation uh, is to individuals like you and I, mm -hmm. uh, we can keep our receipts and then we can turn that in at the end of the year and receive that additional fuel tax. This year it's two and a half cents and it will increase, you know, the next five years. Um, so you can get that get that right back and not not pay for that additional fuel tax. So there is an option to do that for the citizens. So one of the things I always kind of joke about is when you get your your receipt here. It's funny you walked in the room. <laughs> I do keep my I do keep my gas receipts for that very reason. And and Dave Moffat over there said that. These uh, these things they kind of fade away after a while. So I, I thought it was uh, July was it July first, twenty twenty two, when you can start claiming those or something, or can you start claiming that right away on your taxes right now? Well, the the, the increase started October first of this year, right? And then uh, I, yeah, you have to look at the Department of Revenue and how they set things up as far as getting that r refund. 
but um, you know, it's it's going to be available, and people can choose to do that. I think it's uh, obviously uh, you know it's whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. But do they think that a lot of people are really going to save their receipts and and go through all the? Because uh, when come when it comes to taxes, I I don't know about anybody else, but the easier the the, the quicker, the easier the better for me. I mean, I like to just get it done and over with. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how many people actually uh, save the receipts and go through uh, the process and uh, the hassle of having to uh, count all of that up. I guess we'll we'll find out when uh, tax time rolls around. Yes, we will. I mean, uh, we're estimating 25% uh, will be um, taken back, or the citizens will take back about 25% of what, what the total revenue is. Right. And uh, the model that uh, we d- the legislators went by is similar to South Carolina, the state of South Carolina did. And they currently are, uh, their citizens, about 15% of their revenue is, right. is sent back to the citizens. And so we're being a little more conservative. You know, we, d- we don't know yet what, th- what that's going to be. And, but using those numbers to plan accordingly going into the future, again, those, those additional revenues will be used to help us do some of these unfunded projects. We just had our meeting last Wednesday night in Jeff City to uh, to present those projects to the public that are on the unfunded needs list. Had a great turnout, great turnout from the lake community as well. And, um, you know, it's it's exciting. We're going to be able to do some projects that we haven't been able to do in, in a long, long time. And I always, whenever you and I talk about this, I always uh, kind of go back to that stretch there in Osage Beach that they were just about ready to flip the switch on and give the thumbs up and the cost-sharing program, uh, the bottom dropped out of it. And those folks were kind of left uh, holding the bag a little bit. But uh, I think that's one of the, that that's one of the projects that we're looking at maybe here in the near future. We are. Actually, the city of Osage Beach is. Mm-hmm. And Gina Woods, uh, I heard her this morning mentioning that project will be ready to go next year. And um, they applied for a cost-share project through MoDOT and were received, you know, that application and accepted it so uh, once they get the design done and let the project then we'll have more information but they're they're extending it down to executive drive right and uh, it's going to improve the safety along 54 and for those you know going to that location yeah and that that is very true boy because uh if you're traveling down uh, 54 there uh, and you need to get off you better uh, make sure you don't have a whole lot of people behind you understand that <laughs> and that's the you know, we we are having uh, traffic growth down here that's more than usual. Right. You know, I we have permanent traffic counters, and and so we can see that that growth. You know, during 2020, in the height of the pandemic, we still had our normal traffic volumes right. during that time. Right. The rest of the state was down 20% in some locations, especially in the in the in the big cities. Overall, as a state, we did lose uh, fuel tax revenue dur- during that time. But the lake area, as we all know, had the traffic and. And we got through it pretty good. You know, anytime we're talking about money being uh, being divvied up in the state, it seems like people always figure that St. Louis and Kansas City and the big cities get a uh, majority of the money. What is the process? Do you happen to know the process uh, for divvying up uh, federal dollars that come in? Uh, as far as this uh, this $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, Missouri's supposed to get seven, eight, nine billion billion of it. And a lot of people feel like, you know, oh, the big cities will get all the projects taken care of. They want uh, taken care of, and everybody else will get what's left over. Well, I'll start with the uh, Central District, which is what this area is part of with mm-hmm. MoDOT. We receive about uh, 11.4% of the, of the funding um, that comes to the Highway Commission to MoDOT. 
uh, the Highway Commission sets that formula and how it's distributed across the state. And uh, they're, they've been using the same formula for, for years, but basically it's, it's based on population, vehicle miles traveled, the amount of uh, square foot bridge deck that you have, right. um, you know, conditions of the roadway, so different parameters like that that are, that are not you know, subjective, they're, they're very factual. And uh, those numbers are applied to the equation, and then that helps distribute the money throughout the state. Okay. So will the commission review that? You know, that we get pressure from every part of the state sure you to do. change it. Yeah. You know? th- everybody wants more money. And so it's a, it's a challenge for the Highway Commission. There, there are six uh, board members that uh, make up the Highway Commission. Three are from the Democratic side and three are from the Republican side, and that's required by state law. They're appointed by the governor. And, and so they, they meet monthly, and they, they take in the uh, information that we provide, and then they make decisions based on that. So, What if there's a tie? Who steps in? <laughs> Good question. I don't know. I don't know if I know that answer. But uh. well, let's uh, let's get an update on uh, the bridge project there, Bagnell Dam. Anything new? Is uh, much change? Are you guys still trying to get those pours taken care of? Yes, we are. Uh, we believe we have one more left as far as a major pour on the roadway uh, surface. The uh, the west end is completed. So from the headworks to the west is is all done, and uh, we just have that uh, curve to on the north end. Uh, from the headworks to the north to where we tie back into uh, the actual roadway. And that should be one more pour. Uh, hopefully sometime next week they'll get things set up to do that. And then they uh, do work on the sidewalk because uh, there is uh, damage to the sidewalk. If you know, people have been out there probably noticed that as well as the curbs. So we're getting closer each day, and this great weather is really helping us. Yeah, nice stretch of weather. And it looks like it's not going to be too bad next week. Uh, temperatures look to be in the low to mid-40s to start with, and then uh, upper 50s to around 60 toward the end of the week. So uh, do you have any idea at this point when the project will be completed? Uh, Do you have any, uh, I mean, you had to kind of kick the current timetable to the curb. Um, Have you been able to, based on, you know, the work you've been able to complete up to this point, do you have any idea at this uh, this juncture when, uh, when things will be all wrapped up? No, we do not. Um, and you mentioned the temperatures will still be good next week, and that's great. Uh, the other parameter that affects us is the wind conditions. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's great these last two days, or even today, it looks like the winds will be down, and we can all enjoy that 70-degree weather without the high winds. But I think we all know during this time of year, always seems to be windy, too. Uh-huh. Uh, so we'll have to see what the winds are doing with those nice temperatures next week. Uh, sometimes that that has canceled pours that we've had to do, you know, had planned for uh, in the last few weeks because of the high winds. And uh, it doesn't take much to affect the drying out the concrete and uh, really affects the curing time and, and different things like that. So even though you have a good temperature, it's like, why aren't they pouring? Well, that's because there's other factors that uh, are in the middle of it. D Road Project out here in Camdenton, how's that going? It's open. Open it's to open. traffic. And so uh, we're, during, we're doing a semifinal next week to uh, come out and look at things and uh, make sure we're not missing anything. But uh, it's open and it uh, looks really nice. Any new projects or anything that uh, we need to be aware of that's uh, going to be happening anytime soon? I know it's December and we're getting into uh, the winter months, but uh, is there anything else that MoDOT's going to be working on around the area? No, nothing. Uh, I mean, our maintenance crews will certainly be out cutting brush, and this is those are the things they do this time of year. And Hopefully never have to worry about snow, of course. Uh, but uh, 
So they'll be putting in culverts on, on routes that, are, that we're getting ready for next year's overlay right. projects. So there's still going to be work zones out there, still going to have to pay attention to the flaggers, to the situation that we're presenting the traveling public. And uh, the idea is, you know, obviously to get the, the people through the area safely and also get our workers home safely. Very good, Bob Lynch. We appreciate your time as always, sir. And I guess we will uh, we'll see you next Friday. Yes, you will. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time to uh, join us, folks. And uh, we will take a quick break. We're going to switch out uh, guests and bring Dave Maupin in from uh, among the dogwoods. We'll be talking about a variety of different things. I'm thinking maybe uh, the preliminary budget for Camden County. And your phone calls are welcome, 573-633-5395. It is Key Radio here at the Key Gathering Place, South Business 5 in Camdenton. It's time for another hour of community-based programming. You're listening to 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, December 3rd. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Lake area residents will now have fewer options for health care as it's been confirmed that the SSM Health Medical Group Family Medicine and Walk-In Clinic in Lake Ozark will be closing. The clinic is closing December 31st. Patients with the clinic received a letter dated on November 19th telling them the clinic would be closing down. Some locals are already up in arms about the closure with a protest outside of the clinic planned for Saturday, December 4th. Two Max Creek residents were injured Wednesday in a crash on Highway 54. A 16-year-old female driver was making a right turn when the vehicle was struck in the rear by a second car driven by 20-year-old Alexia Mayer. The Mustang traveled off the road and hit a road sign. Two occupants in the first vehicle, 39-year-old Michelle Donathan and 44-year-old Russell Swenson, both sustained moderate injuries. Donathan and Swenson were both taken to... Lake Regional Hospital by Mercy EMS. Matt Mawson of Polylift Boatlifts was awarded the National Young Leader Award this week at the Docs Expo in Nashville. The Young Leader Award recognizes young professionals under 40 who have made significant contributions to the marina and boatyard industry and collectively promise to play a big role in shaping its future. Matt is a young man that actually understands that hard work gets you places and nobody is going to hand it to you, said Mark Mawson, vice president of Polylift. Congrats, Matt, for getting this prestigious award. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. What a great weekend of football we've got in the college ranks. 
Wow, we've got the conference championship games, and it will decide the four teams going to the national championship semifinals. So here is the conference championship lineup. In the SEC, number one Georgia against number three Alabama. If Georgia beats Bama, then the tide are out. If Georgia loses to Alabama, there's a good chance both those teams will get into the final four. In the Big Ten, it's number two Michigan against. 13 Iowa in the Big 12 number five Oklahoma State taking on number nine Baylor Oklahoma State looking to move up into the top four if Alabama loses or if somebody else gets knocked off and the ACC championship number four Cincinnati hanging on Cincinnati will take on number 21 Houston again that's the ACC championship game high school football state championship games this weekend in class five it's Webb City against Holt, Class 4, Hannibal against Smithville, Class 3, St. Mary's against St. Pius, Kansas City, Class 2, it's Lutheran St. Charles against Lamar. Last weekend, they played the Class 6 championship game, Christian Brothers beating Liberty North 48-21. Sunday night, the Chiefs take their four-game win streak up against the Broncos. Chiefs were off last weekend. They're 10-point favorites to beat Denver. The Patriots, the hottest team in the NFL right now with six straight wins, and the Chiefs lead the division by just one game over the Chargers, the Raiders, and Denver. College basketball last night. Mizzou came up short to Liberty. The Tigers falling to 4-4 four and four on the season. MSU Bears will be at home to 18th-ranked BYU tomorrow night. The high school basketball season off and running. Osage Versailles and Eldon all playing in the Tri-County Tournament. Camdenton playing in the Willard Tournament this weekend. Lake TV's first live local high school game this year, Friday, December 10th. That is Tipton at Versailles. Lake TV will bring you a whole lot of high school action this season. Of course, you can watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90. You can also watch absolutely free on Roku and Fire Stick. Just do a search for Lake TV. You can also watch Lake TV on the Facebook page and at MyLakeTV.com. The Blues come up short, losing to the Lightning last night on the road. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We offer a large selection of home accessories and gifts in several different styles, several different themes from nautical to contemporary to traditional. Our goal is to bring well-priced products into the Lake of the Ozarks that serve your home accessories and gift-giving needs. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 
government, history, religion, entertainment, and much more on 89.3 The Key. All right, it's 9.07. Welcome back. We are here for the uh, final hour on the final day for the uh, Daily Show, and we're glad to have you with us wherever you're listening. Let us know, you know. Uh, be, feel free to give us a call sometime and just check in and say, uh, you know, uh, listen from Tennessee, or I'm listening up there in Canada, or I'm listening off, uh, off the uh, Aleutian Islands or something like that, uh, because you can listen anywhere in the free world. And that is courtesy of KeyRadio.Live. That's uh, the way to listen. 58 degrees, 74 the high today. Man, is it going to be a beautiful day. And, uh, of course, as I was saying earlier off the air, that uh, this kind of weather incites a lot of people to want to burn things. It's not real windy. Uh, You might want to call your local fire protection district and just double-check with them first to see if it's a good day to burn. We haven't had a whole lot of rain, so maybe some minimal burning. But make sure you've got the hose or some water or something around and kind of, I I say there's no wind, but there might be a little breeze here and there. And that's all it takes is that little ember to get away and end up on your neighbor's roof or something like that. 74 the high, 41 the low. Then we'll uh, cool down tomorrow, 57 for the high. Uh, 67 on Sunday, then we'll really cool down Monday and Tuesday. 42 the expected high each day, and then Wednesday 47, 56 on Thursday, up to 60 next Friday, and 47 for Saturday the 11th, the day of the Lake Ozark Christmas Parade, and I hope to see you there, because I will be there with my buddy Will Holtz. We'll be uh, doing a little play-by-play of the parade, always fun to do, and it's always great to see the folks coming out again. Don't forget the Christmas tree lighting tonight in Camdenton on the Square. They'll uh, light her up at about 6 o'clock, so you want to get there early and get a good spot. And then Christmas for Kids uh, tomorrow on the square in Camdenton as well. A lot of good stuff going on. Dave Moppin is back with us after the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. We took the day off, so we are probably going to get uh, a lot of really choice, juicy, good information from Dave. Good to see you, Dave. Hey, good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming back. So uh, where do you want to start this morning? Well, we had a meeting on November 23rd, so we can do that. We basically have two commission meetings, and then we have a budget meeting we can talk about. So uh, <coughs> the commission meeting on the 23rd, one of the first things that came up was there was a, uh, a Climax Springs real estate appraisal that had been done. And so in the public comments section, Tom Wolf came in from Climax Springs and talked in public comments. He had some concerns about the, the appraisal that the county was going to be doing. Uh, for those that don't know, the, the village of Climax Springs was disincorporated, and so they had some land that had belonged to the village, like maybe where their, their city hall, they, were, they had a trailer I think they used as their city hall, and uh, they have a, a spring there, one of the springs that I guess Climax Springs is kind of named after, mm. and this was village-owned land that then basically became owned by the county once they uh, disincorporated and became county county territory. So they were concerned because they uh, they obviously want that land to be kept they they they've concerned about what might be built there if someone was to purchase those lands and i you know they were had some they were willing to maintain it so uh that was kind of what he was bringing up um the commissioners basically said that they weren't necessarily intending to sell the land the point was that they wanted to get the real estate appraisal because if it turns out that the value of the land is low they can actually just kind of give it over, it could be declared as surplus land and then basically like maybe given to the school district or something out in Climax Springs. Right. Because they, they wanted to maintain it. They were willing to, the school district's willing to maintain it and mow it and do all that. But uh, So then there was an insurance question because, you know, who was going to be the insurance? Because I guess they have some old playground equipment that really 
it looks like it was built in like 1915 or yeah, something. Right. It looks pretty old, like a torture device. You never <laughs> want to go down that slide. The slide is crazy. Did they have monkey bars? It, it looked like there were some rusty old swings that you would uh, see in like a horror movie or something. Like, <coughs> like after the apocalypse. Right, exactly. Like just one swing swinging back and forth, rusty. Uh, but yeah, so it, it turned out pretty good because I think in the end they decided um, that the county might do something like a lease to the school district that way the county's insurance would still cover if any child actually was brave enough to get on that <laughs> playground equipment what might happen to them right uh, so so it, it's that was kind of a good thing where public comment actually appeared like it worked uh, good communication because mm -hmm. obviously there was some concerns about what the intentions were of the commission when they found out it was going to be appraised and i don't think they ever actually got down to like talking about the appraisal because once that was all settled in public comments we didn't really hear anything more about it as an agenda item. So so that was the first thing that came in. Uh, well, Tom got on a roll, and then he started also asking the county if they could remove the dilapidated city hall trailer that was there. Uh, the commissioners felt like they could. And then he was started saying if they could improve some of the roads around that. And <laughs> then they pretty much walked him off the stage. That was it. <laughs> Once he started talking about them fixing some roads. Well, when roads. You, get your, you, know, you get your two or three minutes, man, you got to make it uh, worthwhile. You got to take advantage of it. Exactly. Exactly. It's like from uh, Animal House. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Don't stop him. He's on yeah. a roll. <laughs> Germans? Yeah. Germans? Don't stop him. Okay. Yeah. So that was that thing that the. the the first agenda item to really come up in front of the commission was the uh, was charter communications. So they had to do they wanted to do their presentation for the ARPA money mm -hmm. uh, for broadband, and it was pretty much the same thing we've seen. I mean, it's basically the whole idea is the the bro the broadband companies want the county to spend like four to five million dollars in ARPA money. Sure, why not? Yeah, out of their eight point nine, mm -hmm. and the county would pay for the, the broadband and then lines, and then the company would get to make money off the broadband service, which sounds like a great deal for the company. Sure does. And <laughs> there really isn't any difference really between the companies mm. because, I mean, it's just going gonna, gonna to cost what it costs. I mean, it's not like one company can lay broadband line cheaper than somebody else. Because, mm -hmm. so in fact, they subcontract that part out anyway. Yeah, and they're, they're probably using some of the same contractors to mm -hmm. do the work. It's kind of like they get hired as needed by these broadband companies. Right. I don't think they have their own like dedicated uh, construction companies. I think they just kind of hire out for companies mm -hmm. to lay the line. So, so that really there really wasn't much with that one because it was kind of just like I said, we've seen it before. We've seen these presentations. Like three other companies have done presentations, um, and you know basically they said uh, it would cost about forty thousand dollars a mile to lay broadband, but that depends totally on what kind of terrain it is or. If they're hanging it by power lines, that's going to be cheaper. If they have to go through rock and stuff like that, it's going to could be seventy, eighty thousand dollars. So, so that's just a rough estimate. Then we had the Camden Water and Sewer District Number Four come in. Uh, that's basically Shawnee Bend, Horseshoe Bend, that area. Uh, they've got two pl uh, treatment plants that they they need improvements on. They did a bond for uh, seven million dollars. But they need another, I think, $1.5 million to do projects. So they were basically asking the commission for ARPA money to cover that $1.5 million. And uh, there's actually a deal with DNR right now where if you do those types of improvements, they'll match money one for one. So if they get $750,000 from the county, DNR, Missouri DNR, then kick in another seven fifty to cover it. So it might actually be a good deal where we're kind of getting a discount on improvements. Let me ask you this, this ARPA money, how much is there what is what is the uh 
the total amount because everybody's kind kind of coming in with their hand out a little bit. Can we have this and we've got this and it's eight point nine million. Okay, and it's uh, but it, it supposedly can only be used on uh, sewer, right? Uh, water. COVID-related expenses or broadband. Or broadband, yeah. Though they've they've recently passed, we mentioned last time. I think they've passed something through the U.S. Senate. I don't I don't know where it's at, but uh, where you could use 30% of it on infrastructure, like roads mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So we have, I don't know where that's been progressing, but so that's good. So it was interesting because like, so there's two plants. There's one out in Shawnee Bend, and it's basically already over capacity. Uh, it, if if it's something like. It it's, can do 100,000 gallons or something that's handling 130,000 gallons. And uh, then the, the other one is what's called the Racket Club plant, and that's on Horseshoe Bend. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's right near where I live. And uh, so the interesting thing I thought about, I've heard about it was, so Shawnee Bend is already over capacity, and their concern is, especially if the toll goes away on the, the bridge, and no one's holding their breath for that happening, but, mm -hmm. but it would really create a much bigger boom over there, especially where now people don't have to pay the toll every time they come back and forth. Mm -hmm. So they're concerned that they're going to need more and more capacity, and here they are already over capacity for, and we're talking like basically sewage. Mm -hmm. um, so the thing about Horseshoe Bend that was interesting is, they bump their capacity during the tourist season on rainy days because, and I thought, oh, maybe it's because of water runoff. It's not. On rainy days, all the tourists are here and they can't go out on the lake. So they're all sitting inside their houses and all the toilets are flushing. <laughs> so <laughs> I never, that never what, how, what happens when they're on the lake? Well, they use somebody <laughs> else's toilet. <laughs> That's right. They've got a toilet in the boat or they stop at a restaurant or something like that. That's. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just know that had never occurred to me that that would be the peak time for sewage use. Uh, a rainy day, it's like the perfect storm. A rainy day during a busy tourist season. So, yeah, so, th so that was. That Whoever's was in charge of the, the sewer system is like, oh, please, please, <laughs> let's get us through this day, please. <laughs> that's right. They just keep going outside and checking the clouds. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's, that's the deal. And they, they have ways of dealing with, with capacity when it's over, they can kind of let the levels rise more. And folks, you know what we're talking about. Levels right. of what? It's rising. <laughs> and then, then, then they can reach a certain point, and then they have to kind of filter it out again. So so that, so uh, Greg Hasty was definitely for this. And actually, James Gohagen kind of really supported it, too. And I think Hasty was surprised. That he seemed surprised that they were on the same sheet of music mm -hmm. uh, for this. But it makes sense in, in a way because, you know, when we put the ARPA money into sewer and water districts, we own those. Those mm. are our things. Mm. This isn't a broadband project where we're laying a bunch of broadband lines, and then I guess we trust the broadband company that they're giving us the service they said they were going to. You can't like put your ear to the broadband line and try to like listen to the gigs going through to try to measure it. And also, like a broadband project would be a big project that I don't think the county has the employees to manage that project. How do you keep track of the broadband company and make sure that it's meeting all of its requirements and all the the deals we made with this? You know how much capacity a sewage plant has. You know how much money you put into the sewage plant. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I think that's probably a smarter use. I agree with the commissioners that I think it's, and, and the other benefit is, you know, it, it, the lake is the resource that, that builds the economy for this community. Right. And so the cleaner we can keep the lake, because one of the things that was mentioned is, as these sewer districts expand, they bring in customers previously who had discharge permits where they were just allowed to discharge mm -hmm. into the lake, but now they join the sewer system, and so the lake becomes cleaner and cleaner as the sewer districts expand. And isn't that a pleasant thought to think about when you're out there fishing or swimming? That's right. It's, it's a great lake. It's a big lake, folks. There's plenty of room for everybody <laughs> in that lake. 
but yeah, so that so I think that's good because it's it is our resource. And the other concern is that with the EPA and the new administration, they're going back to the Obama rules for a lot of the w the wastewater rules, mm. and they're concerned that once they get the time and get around to doing other things, they actually might start making those wastewater rules uh, stricter. So mm -hmm. you're kind of getting ahead of the curve by increasing the capacity for all those things. So. So that, that, that was, there was some consensus there, uh, and they're meeting today actually, right now, with DNR to kind of get a feel for uh, what that matching money is gonna look like from right. DNR. Uh, let's see, what else? Yeah, so, so that was the big thing. Uh, there was a tax abatement, there was a, oh, they, they had the road and bridge bids uh, for the Ozark Isle road collapse repair and for the Whistle Bridge project over by Tunnel Dam. Uh, Dramany got the Ozark Isle Road bid, and Kenny Carroll Excavating got the Whistlebridge. So, and then there was a E911 bid that came in late. So this is the one where they have to do the street signs for the 911 system. Um, the bid came in late, so Charlie uh, said, "Don't open it," uh, but you can just negotiate with the since there was only one bid. Right, it's the same company that always bids. So basically, they can negotiate with them for a quote, and just the commission will agree to it. That's that. <clears throat> yep. So that was that meeting. Let's see. And then we had the 29th of November. Okay, this was a weird one. Uh, <laughs> I, so, I read that one. <laughs> so, so I went to the meeting, and I sat on the right side. You know, there's the commission, basically the commission meeting room. If you don't know what it looks like, shame on you. But whatever. Uh -huh. uh, it, it's 60, basically 60 chairs, 70 chairs, th 35 on one side, 35 on the other side. So I sat on the right side where I normally sit. And the left side was filled with like county officials, sheriff's department representatives, all sorts of people. And on the right side, it was just me. I was the only person there. <laughs> and uh, it was almost like I had my own private Aww. commission meeting. <laughs> oh, no, it was good. Yeah, it felt you like. Getting, you weren't you weren't too lonely. Getting or, picked for <laughs> baseball. <laughs> yeah, so. I always uh, get picked last. I know. So, uh, yeah, that really hits home. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so they, they did a. Uh, they did the road and bridge. We talked about the wing walls. I remember we got in a big conversation about the wing, wing walls wall, last time. Right. So for a business park road, uh, they, they basically got a bid in for that. They, they got no bids for it, but then road and bridge went and got one from uh, Clary Concrete. It was actually 30000 less than what they, they got a previous bid from them for. So the commission said to go ahead with that. And then the next thing was enhanced 911 for the sheriff's department. And that explained why all the, the sheriff's people were there and... Uh, so basically one of the captains uh, from the sheriff's department got up and basically explained what's going on with Camden County's current dispatch system and it's really obsolete it's like an analog radio system and just to get you to give you an idea of how old that is when I was everyone's digital when I was a police officer in 97 LEPD was digital we weren't analog and that's a lot of years ago that's like yeah. 24 years ago mm -hmm. so the fact that their 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 system is so old that when parts break on it they actually have to have parts fabricated to replace them because no one manufactures parts for these radio systems anymore wow so it's like north hmm. north korea uh technology like very very primitive um so one of the problems is like for example they can't dispatch ambulances from the dispatch center all the ambulances have to be dispatched through springfield which is pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other problems is they can't uh, locate cell phone 911 calls very well. The range is something like they can locate you within between like 500 feet and, f and like five miles of where you are. And so many people have cell phones, like there aren't a lot of landlines anymore. A lot of people just have cell phone service. 
and mm. we have all these tourists who might be out on the lake or they don't know what road they're on or mm -hmm. they're or they're on a road that's called like four different names depending on where you are on the road so yeah we all hear about how the government can track us within five feet and we can't uh, don't well, even know what, which county they're in really well, well yeah apparently the <laughs> government's not analog so we're, maybe we should get the government back to analog <laughs> quality well careful what you wish for yes so <laughs> so basically it's uh, uh he was saying that sometimes it takes deputies 30 minutes on a call just to figure out where the caller is yeah. and you know they're out on the lake they don't know what mile marker they're on or they're hearing something across the lake like gunshots and they don't know where that's coming from mm -hmm. so this one actually gets you within five feet of where you're calling from so um yeah that's obviously it's one of these things i think we've talked about before where uh spending money on things like emergency response is sometimes people don't appreciate it but man when you have to call for help from the sheriff's department or the fire exactly department right. when you have to call <laughs> believe me then you're going to be glad they spent that money on that <coughs> service so uh so that that's the big thing i think just because especially with all the tourism and people who don't know where they are it's going to run uh cost nine hundred five thousand mm -hmm. dollars and they're asking for arpa money to do this so again hope somebody's keeping track of all the arpa money that the uh, commission has earmarked for all these mm -hmm. projects um it's going to be eighty thousand per year for maintenance on it but uh the sheriff basically agreed that that would come out of his budget and not the not the general fund the general money and so then, so basically they'll just come in and do all the upgrades and replace hard drives every two years. So, uh, so that then was interesting because Commissioner Williams said he had been initially hesitant about paying for it, but right. they'd gotten a presentation on it. And so he, that had kind of convinced him. He and Commissioner Gohagen had already received a presentation. So then I was like, am I the only person that hasn't seen this presentation? <laughs> 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 so... So yeah, so they, they did uh, vote for it. And it's interesting too, because they already had digital radios, um, but they had, they, they basically they had to have a piece of equipment that would convert their analog signal to digital to communicate to the <laughs> radios out in the field. So uh, now, uh, th the other advantage too is of course, they can encrypt their transmissions once they're digital. So uh, bad guys can't have a scanner and listen to where the deputies are and figure out, oh, these deputies are all over at this other location, so we're going to go in and hit this other spot. Right. So, so it's good that they can kind of encrypt their communication. Now, some people will say, oh, yeah, but now they can encrypt their communication. Like, we can't listen in on what they're doing, but I don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, I think it's more important that maybe the bad guys don't know where they are. <laughs> yeah. So that got approved. And then they went into closed session. Oh, and then they're also going to give $100,000 in ARPA money to food banks. So that was another thing. I didn't know they'd do that, but apparently that's something you can do with it. So, uh, And then they went into closed session. Well, it's, it's what's the American Rescue something rather? Rescue Plan? Plan Act. Yeah. I so mean, that's kind of like, uh, I guess maybe that, that actually makes sense with that money. Yeah, and I don't think he, and that, the auditor was the one that brought it up. I don't think there was any real. No, absolutely not. I think they did it. Might have done it last year too. So, so that was it. That was that commission meeting. And then we had the budget presentation on November thirtieth. Well, we are just about to the bottom of the hour, so why don't we uh, save that for uh, the backside of the nine o'clock hour? Seems like uh, things are kind of rolling smoothly these days at the, these commission meetings and. I wonder if that's not because uh, more people are 
aware of what's going on through your blog. I mean, you said you had, what, 10,000 or so folks that yeah. uh, subscribe to your blog? I don't have 10,000 that subscribe, but that's how many people I've got reading articles and coming in. Uh, we've got probably about 100 subscribers, and, yeah. and they don't even show up on those numbers because they get, uh, they get emails about it. So, so yeah, I get mine uh, like clockwork, and I read through all of them. Thank and you. I, thank you for your support. Dave. Well, hey, man. <laughs> you know, but in all seriousness, uh, you know, it 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 allows the citizens of Camden County to be more well informed about yeah. what's going on. My wife said, uh, signed up yesterday. Oh yeah, I saw. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, a, that's an amazing feat right there. No, that's good. <laughs> well, and and like part of it's you know for people who don't like Facebook or don't like to deal with Facebook, it's nice they can just subscribe to the blog and they don't have to deal with Facebook or anything. You like don't that, have to so. deal with all the opinions and the comments just, and everything going on. Just my opinion. Well, <laughs> and I think then you keep that very minimal as well. I try. It's hard. It, it is. It's, it, it's yeah, because you, you want to be uh, unbiased about the way that you present the information. And I think, again, it allows people who wouldn't normally have the opportunity to go to a commission meeting to stay well-informed about what goes on in uh, this county, I don't know if they have anybody else who does it for Miller or Morgan counties. I don't think so. I haven't never seen anything or haven't actually heard from anyone about it, but uh, it makes all the sense in the world to have uh, an opportunity. And, I mean, you're doing this on your own time, on your own dime. and You're welcome, Camden County. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think part of it is uh, I, I know almost all the Camden County government reads it. So, uh, you know, I, I think it it has improved things i think they feel like maybe they're tr uh, a lot of times i'm just giving advice or saying what i think right and I, i've noticed that after i say some stuff about like maybe how to do a bid or how to seek a seek a bid suddenly the next week somebody's doing a bid and they basically almost like they're going down a check check boxes of what i had said they should probably talk about right. yeah and i think that's the big advantage of keeping it uh unbiased if that's the right term yeah because it's not something that attacks anybody but it is something that they say, well, gee, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I try to do. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, I try to be even-handed. So, All right. Well, we're going to jump into a quick information uh, block here at the bottom of the hour. We've got Stacy Johnson with news from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source. Chris Schneider from uh, Lake TV with a look at sports. And then we'll come back and we'll talk Camden County preliminary budget with Dave Moffat, our guest, who is the author of Among the Dogwoods on Key Radio. <laughs> Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cup for Friday, December 3rd. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Lake area residents will now have fewer options for health care as it's been confirmed that the SSM Health Medical Group Family Medicine and Walk-In Clinic in Lake Ozark will be closing. The clinic is closing December 31st. Patients with the clinic received a letter dated on November 19th telling them the clinic would be closing down. Some locals are already up in arms about the closure with a protest outside of the clinic planned for Saturday, December 4th. Two Max Creek residents were injured Wednesday in a crash on Highway 54. A 16-year-old female driver was making a right turn when the vehicle was struck in the rear by a second car driven by 20-year-old Alexia Mayer. The Mustang traveled off the road and hit a road sign. Two occupants in the first vehicle, 39-year-old Michelle Donathan and 44-year-old Russell Swenson, both sustained moderate injuries. Donathan and Swenson were both taken to... Lake Regional Hospital by Mercy EMS. 
Matt Moss in a polylift boat lifts was awarded the National Young Leader Award this week at the Docs Expo in Nashville. The Young Leader Award recognizes young professionals under 40 who have made significant contributions to the marina and boatyard industry and collectively promise to play a big role in shaping its future. Matt is a young man that actually understands that hard work gets you places and nobody is going to hand it to you, said Mark Mawson, vice president of Polylip. Congrats, Matt, for getting this prestigious award. For more stories like these, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. What a great weekend of football we've got in the college ranks. Wow, we've got the conference championship games, and it will decide the four teams going to the national championship semifinals. So here is the conference championship lineup. In the SEC, number one Georgia against number three Alabama. If Georgia beats Bama, then the tide are out. If Georgia loses to Alabama, there's a good chance both those teams will get into the final four. In the Big Ten, it's number two Michigan against 13 Iowa. In the Big 12, number five Oklahoma State taking on number nine Baylor. Oklahoma State looking to move up into the top four if Alabama loses or if somebody else gets knocked off. And the ACC championship, number four, Cincinnati hanging on. Cincinnati will take on number 21, Houston. Again, that's the ACC championship game. High school football state championship games this weekend. In Class 5, it's Webb City against Holt. Class 4, Hannibal against Smithville. Class 3, St. Mary's against St. Pius, Kansas City. Class 2, it's Lutheran St. Charles against Lamar. Last weekend, they played the Class 6 championship game. Christian Brothers beating Liberty North 48-21. Sunday night, the Chiefs take their four-game win streak up against the Broncos. Chiefs were off last weekend. They're 10-point favorites to beat Denver. The Patriots, the hottest team in the NFL right now with six straight wins. And the Chiefs lead the division by just one game over the Chargers, the Raiders, and Denver. College basketball last night, Mizzou came up short to Liberty. The Tigers falling to 4-4 four and four on the season. MSU Bears will be at home to 18th-ranked BYU tomorrow night. The high school basketball season off and running. Osage Versailles and Eldon all playing in the Tri-County Tournament. Camdenton playing in the Willard Tournament this weekend. Lake TV's first live local high school game this year, 
Friday, December 10th. That is Tipton at Versailles. Lake TV will bring you a whole lot of high school action this season. Of course, you can watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90. You can also watch absolutely free on Roku and Fire Stick. Just do a search for Lake TV. You can also watch Lake TV on the Facebook page and at MyLakeTV.com. The Blues come up short, losing to the Lightning last night on the road. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niangua River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. Saturday, December 4th, from 10.30 to 1, it's the annual Christmas on the Square event. It's free and sponsored by the Camden Area Chamber of Commerce. Help crush hunger for the 120-plus families that receive assistance from the Lamb House with the Can-Do Challenge. Collect and bring your non-perishable food items to the collection tent, and for every 10 items you donate, you'll be entered into a drawing for a prize. Contact Rhonda at 573-286-7945 with any questions. 286-7945. Thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, the key. Hey, 9.37 is our time. We welcome you back into The Daily Show. Our uh, final 23 minutes or so with uh, our guest, Dave Moffin. 61 degrees in a clear sky, 74 the high today, 57 the high tomorrow, 67 the high on Sunday. So not a bad weekend at all. And a great start to the weekend with what we are... uh, looking forward to today and hopefully you can get out and enjoy it so dave told me during the break we're going to talk about a high-speed chase on the tail end of the uh, budget preliminary budget discussion that they're uh, they're having here in camden county so i'm excited man brace for impact <laughs> folks because it's going to be a it's going to be a uh, a great finish to the show today so let's talk a little bit about uh this preliminary budget meeting, what's uh, what's shaking with the folks there? Yeah, it was a good meeting. Anyway, so let's get into this high-speed pursuit story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, it was the preliminary budget meeting. I think statutorily uh, the, the auditor is required to kind of present the budget publicly at some point when right. you're working on the budget so you can get feedback. Um, basically, all the this was a who's who of Camden County government. Every basic, every elected official was present at the meeting. It's run by the auditor. There were a few of us there. I think I was there. Nathan, a couple other people were there, uh, just to ask questions or whatever. Uh, we ended up asking most of the questions because I think honestly the officials have already kind of talked to the auditors. So mm-hmm. when they're working out their budget, so you wouldn't think they would have too many questions. Nothing going up there should really be a surprise for the elected officials because they've probably already discussed presented budgets to the auditor. Um, some, he gives some background on Camden County. Uh, I don't know if people are aware of this, but Camden County is a first-class county in Missouri that's based on its uh, total assessed property value. I want to say there's like 
six or seven first class counties and then there's a couple charter counties but those are basically the biggest counties uh, money wise but out of all those counties camden county has the lowest population of any first class county so we're kind of in a unique situation uh, our population in the census actually went down in 2020 we're down to 42,000 and some change as far as people which nobody believes of course no everyone knows that's not accurate uh and, and, you know, a lot of people think maybe it's because people don't like doing the census down here. Some pe There are yeah. people who are like, I'm not filling out the census form. I don't want... They'll come by your house and pester the daylights out of you. Trust me. But I, I, I also think it's possible, like for us, we moved out here in 2020. We'd already done our census information in California, mm -hmm. and then we came out here. So I think a lot of the people who came over in 2020, some of them might have been counted in the states that they, they fled from. And uh, not in their the refugees, uh. not in the sanctuary that they arrived at, the promised land. But yes, yeah, so that uh, that is interesting. So we some of the money sometimes is obviously dependent upon your size, your population size. So it's not great that we're underreporting our population, but that's just how it is. So I wonder, um, I wonder if you voted in California. Did you vote in California? I did not vote in California. Did anybody vote for you in California? Uh, no, <laughs> maybe I don't know. They sent me an absentee ballot. To okay. my P.O. box in Lake Ozark, Missouri. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, isn't that weird? They sent me an absentee ballot <laughs> from California to Missouri. Yeah. Uh -huh. So let's see where your loyalty lies. That's right. The uh, I voted in Missouri, folks. By the way. <laughs> so uh, so uh, the other thing that was interesting, you guys were talking earlier about the gas tax money. Uh, I think it was Commissioner Hasty had talked about how we were going to get all this money from the gas tax revenue. Turns out that that's not quite correct because the Missouri Association of Counties miscalculated the amount of money that was going to come to counties from that ga gas tax. Isn't that their job? How do you miscalculate something? <laughs> well, I think that I, what I, if I understand correctly, <coughs> they were not either they weren't looking at, uh, I think they were overestimating what percentage of that money the, the county was seeing. So basically, a uh, 2.5 cent gas tax increase gives $11.5 million to Missouri counties. And then there's a whole, each county has a percentage, which I think is based on their county road mileage. Uh, that's, that's how much of that they get. So we got $274,000 more uh, from the gas tax increase. Um, it is because we have so many roads. When you look at the list of percentages, we're probably the highest percentage one of the highest top, maybe top three counties as far as what percentage we get. Right. And I, again, I didn't know that. That's a fact people might not be aware of. As far as Missouri counties, we have a lot more road mileage than most other counties. So, like, you know, the road and bridge guys are, you can understand why they're stretched thin sometimes because they're, they've got a ton of mileage that they have to cover to maintain. Um, so there's basically five major funds that the money all comes from. A medical examiner's budget is going to be moved from the LEST fund to, to the general fund. Basically, the funds are county revenue, road and bridge, assessment, LEST, which is the law enforcement sales tax, and then E911. Those are the, the five major revenue wow. funds. So uh, they also agreed, they said they're going to give the uh, all Camden County employees a 5.9% across the board raise cost of living adjustment, which is great news for Camden County employees. I asked if that was going to include the sheriff's deputies who had already gotten the raise, and it's not going to include them, but it will include sheriff's employees who did not get a raise in this first round of uh, the LES2 mm -hmm. deal with the recent sales tax increase. So that's good. I mean, Camden County employees do a lot of work, and they, they are underpaid, I think, for what they do. So it's good to hear that it wasn't just the bosses giving themselves raises. It was everybody who got a raise. So 
Um, prosecuting attorney's office added a spot for an investigator. Uh, they already had one investigator spot, now they're gonna have two. They had a detective who, who was loaned over there from the sheriff's department, um, but now apparently that guy's gonna become a, like an official person so, who So works. is he the second one? He'll be the second one, so, so he's gonna so be. So he, he was already actually kind of working for them, but now he's actually gonna be paid yeah, by I, them. Right, so now he'll actually be an investigator that's part of the, mm -hmm. uh, the prosecutor's budget. Um, the interesting part with that is this is actually the guy who had uh, uh, written the search warrant on Nathan Rennie's Facebook account. Mm. So it's kind of controversial as to who was supervising him when he did that. And I think as people start to get maybe as down the road legally when that starts to be looked into by the federal courts or whatever, um, it's interesting to kind of see where the sheriff is pretty adamant that I was not supervising that guy during the time that that, that was going on. So. It was just interesting to see that kind of raise its head up again where, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nobody really wants to admit to in charge no. the guy when that happened. But so he still was the sheriff's employee, though. He was a sheriff's employee, but he was loaned to the, prosecutor. the prosecutor's office. So the prosecutor supposedly was the one that was supervising him. So we'll see. We might have to read some transcripts to figure out how that all works itself mm -hmm, out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got a copy of the budget. I found some stuff in there that might be interesting. Uh, one of the things I found out from the auditor is, so uh, the county makes a lot of money from sales tax. So we've got a half-cent sales tax. Our half-cent sales tax this year made $5.5 .5 million in revenue. Hot mm -hmm. diggity. Yeah, so it's, it's a ton. And so when you calculate it out, I think it means that we did around $1.1 billion in sales in Camden County for this year. Who's, who's responsible for that? The, well, the auditor does the calculation. No, 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 no. <coughs> I'm being facetious. Hold on. Oh, who's responsible for the extra money? <laughs> Let's uh, take a phone call here. Uh -huh. It's wonderful when this works. Do it, do it. We've got a caller on the line. Caller, uh, stand by. We're coming to you. And uh, we should be able to hear your lovely speaking voice right now. Thanks for joining us here on Key Radio. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Dave Maupin. What is your opinion on two things? Number one, the uh, commingling that takes place between the prosecutor's office and the sheriff's department. Should we have investigators working for the prosecutor's office that also hold law enforcement commissions, or should that be totally severed? That's one question. The second question is, have you heard or do you know of, is Attorney General Eric Schmidt investigating the Gravelgate situation? Can you speak to either of those? Uh, sure, I'll, I'll do the first one first. Um, like, yeah, I don't think it's basically, my opinion is, uh, I, I was a DA investigator for, for a, lo a good portion of my career, so I was actually a detective who was assigned to the DA's office. Um, the difference is, we had, police supervisors, like we had a Bureau of Investigation at the DA's office, so we had a chief, we had a captains, lieutenants. Um, my first issue with it is I don't know that a prosecutor necessarily has the experience to supervise police detectives as far as what kind of investigations they're doing. I believe the prosecuting attorney has come out and said that his office does not investigate crimes. So the fact that they have two investigators is interesting. Um, now in our office what we did was we followed up on crimes kind of like law and order, like KB talks about sometimes. Um, once, the, once the case was filed, we would basically do follow-up investigations for the DA and stuff like that. Um, we wouldn't really investigate original crimes. Like well, I wouldn't show up at a 
a crime scene and take over the case and start investigating it. I would basically wait for the detectives to file the case, and then once it had made it past prelim, we would be assigned to it to kind of make sure, tighten it up and, and address any issues that come up. Uh, the other issue is they, I, I believe the, the investigators make more than what a detective would make at the sheriff's department. So one of the things that can happen is the, you can end up having the prosecutor poaching the best detectives from the, the sheriff's department where they're really needed to do investigations and then they want to go over to the DA's office because they're going to make more money. Right. And frankly, they don't have to work for a sergeant or a lieutenant who's a sheriff's lieutenant. So, so, so they are actually commingling in, in the way that uh, the caller is saying. If I understand it correctly, I believe they have to get their commission from the sheriff and then they work and again i'm not from this area so i don't know as well how that works but you know so that that's kind of what's going on with that one and uh, uh what was the oh the other question was the ags what i do know is that i filed a sunshine complaint about the Gravelgate meeting that occurred after i read the missouri highway patrol reports where the commissioners admitted that they basically had a a meeting in the commission office with the gravelin man and roden bridge and so i filed a complaint with the uh, ag's office about that that fact that that meeting wasn't public and uh, they've informed me that they are investigating it so that's what I know about that you get all Very that good. all right thank you thank you for the phone call thank you for right. taking the time to join us here this morning so there you go five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five if you've got a question or comment for our guest Dave Muffin or you want to discuss something or roll those out there Dave you were talking about uh, uh, that uh, gravel gate investigation, your sunshine law uh, complaint, and uh, that getting the Freedom of Information Act, which I guess is what that all, all boils down to, that uh, you have access to that information if necessary. Well, you know? yeah, I guess this complaint is more specific about the fact that they'd never mm -hmm. told anyone they were having that meeting. And when we talked about it last time, one of the things we talked about was that if they had had the people who owned the property at the meeting and it had been a public meeting, this whole mess probably could have been avoided because somebody, they would have said, no, this is not a, a county road. It's mm -hmm. our. It's a horse trail that runs through our property. And so maybe at that point, th this whole thing could have been avoided if it's public. So mm -hmm. my big thing is one of the two things, things that I do get worked up about is transparency, them having open meetings. And I think some of the commissioners have been under a gross misunderstanding about when they're supposed to be in public meetings and when they, they have some feeling that anytime they're conducting county business and there's two of them together, it's it's a it has to be a meeting. It's yeah. a forum. So you're staying in your lane. You're pursuing this because of the implications right. for the count th right. for the public meetings. And and like basically this exact same scenario was presented when the AG representative came down to to teach them about Sunshine Law. Uh, Commissioners Hasty and Commissioners Williams did not attend that training, so they didn't go. And yet they're the ones that are involved in this actual complaint that mm -hmm. I filed. Mm -hmm. So. This same scenario was presented to the instructor, and she said it is a violation. They violated the Sunshine Law when somebody gave her that scenario. And there were county employees that were asking questions like, so if I meet with two commissioners to talk about doing this or, or putting up this wall, or she said that is a quorum. And so you could see county employees, and I wasn't there, but I have people describing it through, were like, oh, my gosh. Like county employees uh -huh. are starting to realize how many meetings they've had like these that were supposed to be public meetings. Right. So. And, 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 and what a lot, I, I would imagine a lot of this is, you know, just people talking amongst themselves. Obviously, they're not aware that if they're doing, the, doing it the way that you've described it as far as the quorum is concerned. But, you, have, you know, you have everyday conversations all the time with people, just, right. and, and you don't even give it a second thought. Right. And, but, like, we talked about it last time, like, 
two commissioners want to go to lunch and talk about fishing, totally okay. Yeah. They can have social interaction, informal interactions. Uh, they can be friends and hang out. But if they start talking about planning on how they're going to vote on something or right. some kind of principle, or, and it doesn't, that was the other thing. One of the commissioners always seems to think if they don't vote on something, it's, it doesn't have to be a public meeting. Right. No, the Gravelgate situation is exactly the type of meeting that the Sunshine Law was created to avoid. Yeah, it's a good example of why that should happen. You should just tell, or you, and you can meet individually with one of your constituents, or maybe the auditor wants to talk about Enhance 911, or the sheriff wants to talk about it. He could go to each commissioner and present to them or present to them all at a public meeting, but you can't have them all sitting together at a meeting and you're going to talk about how you want to buy this system. So that's, that's kind of what's not allowed. Right. Now, we want to get to the high-speed chase, but yeah. one quick thing. Is <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I know one of us does. <laughs> I, I saw there was a bit there about uh, the uh, prosecuting attorney's office budget. Yeah, so, so first of all, I just want to say, too, $5.5 million half-cent sales tax, way to go, Camden County economy. That's awesome. Uh -huh. uh, the numbers in the past three years were... 4.5, 4.7, and 4.9. It's a big increase. So that's the, uh, that's uh, point that's six hundred thousand dollars, and that's just for one half cent sales tax. So there's multiple different sales taxes that are out there. So it's a huge revenue. Um, what it also means is that the sheriff's sales tax increase he's getting for LEST two is now going to be two point seven five million dollars, not the two point one million dollars that people were talking about mm -hmm. when we were talking about this. And I think I suspected all along that it was going to be a lot of money because we knew we were doing really well. Um, yeah, so LEST alone I think is going to make nine hundred thousand dollars. Or the LEST and the CR07 half cent sales tax, nine hundred thousand dollars more just this year. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, so a couple things. Commission this year spent $176,000 in attorney's fees. Oh, yeah. Sheriff's Department spent a little under $13,000 in that same time. Now, there might be some extra money there that's not on budget lines, but that's kind of crazy because usually it's the law enforcement agency that's going to have more in attorney's fees because they're arresting people, people get hurt, police work is just messy sometimes. Yeah. And the county has its own insurance company that's supposed to be paying for legal fees, so I'm not clear why the commission in addition to the attorneys that are provided by the insurance company, now has like 175 or something thousand dollars in, in uh, attorney's fees. And that's just currently. Who knows what it's gonna be at the end. That's why I warned that these are preliminary numbers. We won't know until we see the final budget what it's actually coming in at. And then the prosecuting attorney's office uh, got a new, I, a line item jumped out on it for me. Uh, they, they had an $1,800 budget for fuel last year. Their budget for fuel this year is $125,000. What? So their, their vehicle fuel line item went from $1,800 to $125,000. Yeah, any, any, uh, any idea why? <laughs> no, but I do know that there's a crime scene laser scanner out there that you can buy for $98,858. Uh-huh. So that's weird, uh, you know. Eighteen hundred dollars to one hundred twenty-five thousand yeah, dollars. I thought that was unusual. And so, if you take one hundred twenty-five and you subtract uh, eighteen hundred, uh, you know, yeah, you got got a nice uh, bit of wiggle room there if you want to get that uh, laser. Well, and according to the budget uh, this year, they've only spent two hundred forty dollars of that eighteen hundred dollar <laughs> budget. <laughs> so I don't know why there was a need to bump it up to one hundred twenty-five thousand. But yeah, so would somebody when you get a chance, anybody out there that goes to these meetings, would you? Because we're here doing this, 
But would somebody ask about that, please? <laughs> yes, sir. That's it. I'm just a guy with a highlighter going through the budget. <laughs> yeah, just a guy with a highlighter going through the budget. So that was pretty much it. You know, there was, like I said, it's preliminary, but it was good, especially to hear the numbers. I've, I always want to hear the revenue numbers to hear how we're doing. So right. It was good that we're doing so well. Now, for the uh, the average citizen, can they get a copy of the budget, or is there some place they can go to, to look at the, all of this? No, you can get a copy of the budget. You can go to the, uh, the auditor's office, has right. copies, and you can go, or you can go look at it at the commission office. Okay. So there you go, folks. If you like your copy, go pick it up and uh, do, do what uh, Dave Moppin did and go over it with a fine-tooth comb. We might find a few more things in there that uh, are worth questioning. I, I, and I think, regardless, you're going to get that anyway. Budgets are always questioned. People sure. always take the time to go. Somebody takes the time to go through it and uh, wants, to, wants to get some answers. So let's get to this high-speed high pursuit. Okay, I hope I can get it done in time, but I'll try. So uh, basically, this is a story about a high-speed pursuit I had when I was on the LAPD. And uh, I was a young cop. I was assigned to Van Nuys Division. And I had my partner was with me. And uh, LAPD works all two-man cars. So we were all t- we were young guys. We just got enough probation. We're working Van Nuys. Uh, we were we were certified LAPD street monsters. We off, were uh, off probation. No, 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 no. Let him talk. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Don't get him off topic. We had our, our badges were shined. <laughs> our leather gear was lustered up, and we were uh, we could run like the wind. We were out there, and I'd finally gotten on a night shift, so I was working the PM watch, and I was working with Dave Alcantara, my partner, and so uh, we were in a patrol car. And David just mentioned to me we were at 7-Eleven, we were getting a cup of coffee, and he said, you know, I think I'm gonna bang out early tonight. I wanna I got some stuff I need to to take care of at home so i'm gonna see if i can get off at like 8 p.m and uh go to the watch commander and ask and i'm like yeah no problem i'll just work the desk for the last two hours no big deal so uh as we're sitting there, i said little this car comes blowing through the light at hazeltine and sherman way and it actually was going so fast that it hits the bump at the intersection and goes flying for a couple feet and lands <laughs> so i said to him well i'm gonna get my greenie before we leave because our citations were green so we called them greenies i, I was like i want to get my a ticket for the the shift because the you know your sergeant patrol sergeant wants to see you're doing some traffic enforcement so i'm like oh there's my greenie i said let's just let me get this greenie real quick and then we can finish up and then you can go back in and go home he's like all right cool so we pull in behind this car and we're going down sherman way following it and uh i light it up and it doesn't stop we light it up hit the siren boo 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 doesn't stop Light it up more, light it up again. And so now we've gone about four blocks. And what we didn't realize was one of our sergeants was actually behind us. He'd seen us uh, going behind the car. So he was following us. So he comes over the car to car and goes, are you guys in pursuit right now of this car? And we're like, ugh. Because basically in LAPD, if you just said said you're in pursuit, you've just signed up for like four extra hours of paperwork uh, that you're going to have to fill out. So Dave Alcantara's (laughs) plan of getting off early has just disappeared. Now, it is even possible if we were so desperate to get off early that we might have been like, yeah, we're not going to stop this guy. It's just like that. But now the sergeant's behind us. So flip the lights on, turn on the siren, get on the radio, take a deep breath because everyone knows that's what they think about you in the division, how you talk on the radio. You're like, 9 Adam 45, we're westbound Sherman Way in pursuit, requesting backup in an airship. And <laughs> LAPD calls helicopters airships. Right. So. So then right away, everything stops in the division. And you hear beep, beep, beep. Nine Adam 45 is in pursuit of a vehicle failing to yield. <laughs> and, the, and the whole Valley Bureau, they start simulcasting it to everyone, all five divisions. And, and you know, these are big divisions. My shift had probably 16 to 18 police officers on it. And we, had, we were an overwatch, overlap shift. So everyone in the entire bureau is now listening to your traffic. 
And the weirdest thing about this pursuit is, so the guide still doesn't stop, but we're now full sirens and lights. But he would stop at red lights. He would signal for turns. <laughs> he, would, he would, and you know, it's probably about 7 p.m. So we're sitting there and like, we're, and LAPD just put out a policy where we were not allowed, if the car stopped, to run out and try to get the guy out of the car. We could, until he actually got out and started giving up, we were not allowed to lay hands on him. Like, because they didn't want you to run up and then the car tries to drive away mm -hmm. and then you're in between. Uh -huh. So uh, this continues for about 20 to 30 minutes where he's, just turning, signaling, driving the speed limit. We're behind him. Now we've got the airship bah, 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 with a, something we called the night sun. It yeah. would light up the whole thing. It has a huge floodlight. And so we're driving, and he's driving like 35 miles an hour down the middle of uh, Van Nuys, Sepulveda Boulevard. I've got probably now backup. I've got like five or six police units behind me in the pursuit. And then you've got all these other units that are just hovering around. There's a limit.